This is Brian Amick, and welcome to episode 11 of Project 39. In this episode, we're going to pick up where we left off the last time in our discussion with Madison Mayor Bob Courtney. If you didn't get a chance to hear the last episode, I I encourage you to go back and pick it up so you can hear our entire discussion. As usual, I'm going to ask you to help me out. Share this episode with a friend or share it on your social media accounts. Uh, Leave a comment wherever you're listening to this at at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, wherever. Just, Just leave a quick review there. Uh, Go to our Facebook page and post a comment. I'd like to know who's listening and what you think about it. If you don't want to do it publicly, you can shoot me a message on Messenger. Um, All that helps us grow the show, and I really do appreciate it. That's all I got for you. Let's get with it. There's one other big accomplishment that I Mm -hmm. want to mention, too, before we we move on, and that's we also launched our blight elimination strategy uh, at the tail end of last year, which already had produced results in 2020 but it, it the investment that we're making in 20 uh 2021 and 2022 and beyond is significant so our blight, blight elimination strategy was really changing the way we provided incentives to property owners uh, in the historic district on uh, preserving their properties mm-hmm. we have areas that have suffered from neglect mm-hmm. that became blighted we have a blighted area then a whole cancer kind of sits in uh, with the community, and 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 frankly, it, it, it just fosters crime and it fosters more disinvestment. Mm-hmm. And I know so many great people that live in these neighborhoods who are doing the right things and investing in their properties, and I and I feel a strong accountability to them mm-hmm. to do what I can from a policy perspective, and how to incentivize people to make. Uh, more investment in their properties. And that has been phenomenally successful because we have that accountability partnership. So so what kind of approach? And see, that I, I get that one. Mm-hmm. I, I still kind of struggle with it a little bit because okay. it's, it's that fine line, right, between you know the common good and doing the right thing and a person's right, property rights. Sure. Right? That's uh, the balancing that, act that's you have that, to take. Yeah. So, and that's so why there's that whole spectrum of solutions. Okay. And we started with the spectrum, which is incentives which is let's do what we can to incentivize anybody who's willing to invest in the property. Okay. And, and a program we took was an existing program called PACE, Preservation Community Enhancement. And what we did was we modified the guidelines. We broadened it, broadened who was eligible for it, broadened what those monies were eligible for. Uh, we targeted them into revitalization areas. And we said uh, our entire community is important to us, not just historic district. Mm-hmm. So we started um, making those, making that program fit for Hilltop as well, because we have a lot of properties on the Hilltop now that are yep. over 50 years old. That, and there's pockets up there that are starting to suffer from some declining um, um, property conditions. All of this was intended to improve the quality of life, mm-hmm. improve property values, reduce crime. And, and get back to that clean, safe, and beautiful mm-hmm. uh, mantra that we all have, but respect property rights. Right. And we were able to do that, uh, that, that PACE program last year, last year alone. So if the incentive doesn't work, I'm, I'm assuming there's a, there's a spectrum. There's a carrot and a stick, There's a whole right? spectrum yeah. of solutions, but, but on, the, on the front end, because of the changes that we made, we created more private investment in that one year than the entire seven years before that, that the program had been in existence. Oh, cool. Um, so, so 
we have data points along the way that we're able to measure uh, our success. We have a plan that we execute and we believe that that's what the outcome will be, and but it's also measurable. If you'll see on my whiteboard back there, you know there's uh, there's two phrases up there. Uh, one is what we don't measure, we can't manage, and uh, uh, it manages us. And the mm -hmm. other one is people respect what you inspect. And so yeah. we had a situation where the city had just been kind of cavalier about code enforcement. Mm -hmm. And we wanted to get along that spectrum again, which is incentives are, are, are the, the, the best thing that we can do. It's been tremendously successful. But for whatever reason, people are not going to respond to that. Mm -hmm. And so you have code enforcement. Mm -hmm. And uh, the city had never invested heavily in code enforcement at all because, again, we are a small city, small, excuse me, small building and planning department. We never made the investment. We also believe that where we make the investment, we'll get the outcome that we desire. Okay. And so at the beginning of the year, we, uh, we brought in a new um, uh, economic development director, and we brought in a full-time City of Madison's first, first ever full-time code enforcement officer who's going to be working with our nuisance ordinances, our unsafe structures, and partnering, I call that uh, partnering, mm -hmm. uh, with the members of our community to help them do the right things uh, that benefit all of the community. Because yeah. I think it's unfair. I think it's unfair for it is. someone mm -hmm. to live. Uh, and I'll tell you, here's a story um, of Walnut Street, near and dear to my heart, mm -hmm. where I grew up. Suffered devastating flood twice in six years. Had suffered from a disinvestment. Uh, I don't believe the city ever made the right level of investment in that area that made, that, that, that brought out the characteristics of that neighborhood. It's one of the most historic um, communities of uh, our neighborhoods of Madison with some of the greatest architecture, mm -hmm. but it had been suffering in a declining state for quite some time. Yeah. But what will be an eye-opening experience for you as, as mayor, or, and, I, and I did this, uh, when I went down to talk to a resident there, we had a murder on, Main mm -hmm. uh, on, on Walnut Street. And um, I went down to talk to one of the residents who lived next door to where um, the gentleman was, was murdered. And he was a homeless person living uh, there in a boarded up building that was an unsafe structure. Mm -hmm. It still is, and we're still working on it. Brought my entire staff down there because uh, we needed to clean the property. Uh, we needed to examine what has happened to that building over the years that allowed it to get into that state. More importantly, we needed to have the, the compassionate understanding what happens when the neighbors live next door to a property like that? Yeah. Yeah. And um, I can tell you this sincerely, which is they're suffering. Mm -hmm. When city fails in enforcing its policies, um, we, fail our, we fail the city. And uh, that's why I, I characterized it earlier about having an accountability partnership because we said – you 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 have a right to question us. Why aren't we doing anything about this? Mm -hmm. And sometimes our policies don't allow us to do things about it. Uh, yep. They don't allow us to go far enough. Uh, sometimes it's a resource allocation. Sometimes it's priorities. And um, but but we've got to get it right. We got to do it better. And we feel like code enforcement is just part of that spectrum of incentives and enforcement that accomplish that that goal of clean, safe, and beautiful. Because what everybody wants, 
everybody wants. They want to live in a clean, yeah. safe, and beautiful community and neighborhood. Yeah. And very rarely will you hear anybody say, I love living next door to that boarded up, <laughs> burned up exactly. building uh, where, um, you know, where there are murders yeah. occur. Right. So uh, well, if, there, if I don't have anything, if I'm not more passionate about clean, safe, and beautiful and correcting the path that we're on with regards to making sure our policies work for all of our community, mm-hmm. We've done so many different things that said, you know what, this is the right way to yeah. do it. This is the right strategy. We can make a more impactful investment by doing it this way. And so far, city council's agreed with us. The community's agreed mm-hmm. with us. And, uh, you know, the, the good thing, too, is, is we can always pivot and change and adapt. Mm-hmm. But more often than not, our policies haven't been updated and yeah. modernized. We're looking at some ordinances that hadn't been dusted off since 1978. Yeah. And... Uh, uh, we've got to get with the times, but we owe it to the community. Yeah, well, I'm glad you're you're emphasizing the the incentive side of it instead of just going in slapping liens on property and things like that. So that's that's a good approach, it, I we, think. I, I mean, like nobody wants to be. I mean, I don't want to be the guy that sends out a nasty gram that yeah. says, you know, do this or else. Mm-hmm. But sometimes, candidly, yeah, that well. that's what people relate to. Yeah. Uh, the conversation we want to have first with them is, how can we help you right. improve that property? This is an important area. And um, how can we help you help us? And uh, But we're also we're not going to be afraid to go to that end of the spectrum of code enforcement where that's the only language that somebody will understand because we can't allow blight to creep yeah. in and ruin a neighborhood. I, I don't live in the city. I live out in the county, and, and it's not just a city problem. It's, I mean, homes that, you know, 30 years ago were nice, single-family yeah. homes. N- nothing fancy, but just nice, right. clean homes that are now, I mean, they're dumps, for lack of a better word. Uh, so, yeah, I'd like the to county, see the county pick it up. County, The county is working on that. Um, I know that, that um, they have <laughs> modified their zoning ordinances that give them more power to enforce their nuisance laws before their nuisance ordinances was embedded in a zoning. It was a whole, again, it comes back to policy. We've got to have really, really good policy that allow us to do the things that we want to do that fit in with our strategies. I really struggle with it because I'm a, I'm a live and let live guy, Mm -hmm. you know, my own business or by my, you know, go along, get along. But, uh, but that like, it's a slippery slope, you know, uh, there's no good outcomes just letting, places fall apart like that so it's a tough one it's, well i mean and i'm glad you're i mean i like the approach you're using. it's it's the right approach and and again you know what we're we're doing we're doing it with the data the data supports the actions that we're taking yeah. and um um you hear you heard the phrase probably more than once which is a rising tide lifts all boats mm-hmm. yep we need to uh for for our community to thrive we need to grow and we need to grow um, and, and generate uh, new business investment and people to live here that raises property values, that mm-hmm. helps fund our operations. Our costs, we're, we're, we don't live in a bubble, right? Yeah. So relative to city government, we're just like everybody else. Uh, when you're feeling the, the crunch of inflation, yeah. we're feeling the exact yeah. same thing. Sure. We just can't react as quickly as a typical business would be. So we've got to do those things that, I mean, here. I mean, here's the the... the the, the asset test of it, uh, Brian, is we can increase revenues without increasing taxes. Yeah. And what I mean by that is by attracting new business to come here, by growing our population, by investing in our placemaking and capacity building, 
Mm-hmm. That increases property values, and that generates that generates revenue mm-hmm. f- for the city. Um, we can uh, we can do that, and that's that's the thing too. I'll, I'll mention getting back to the golf course, which is we, the path that we're on there is that uh, we can we can eliminate a four hundred thousand uh, dollar deficit uh, there by doing some things that are more prudent without raising a penny of taxes. Yeah. And I think that's what uh, as stewards of our of our um, of our community, I think that's what the community wants is they want us to find. I ran on this this simple campaign, which is. I have a head for business, but a heart for Madison. Mm-hmm. And um, the benefit of living here, but working all over the country is I bring some of those best practices yeah. and I've, I've got good education and experience and with my finance and accounting backgrounds yeah. and yeah. investment backgrounds to, yeah. sometimes to get some pro- outcomes. Yeah, sometimes problems need an outside set of eyes. You know? so, uh, I, I, I love being an insider yeah. with an outsider yeah. perspective. Yeah, yeah that's... And, exactly. and that also is, a is good combination. My, my team also brings those things to the table, which is, you know, we're here for the people. Yeah. Um, and I hope that the, the community thinks that we're doing a good job. I, I, and, um, you know, we have filled a void uh, that needed to be filled, particularly during COVID where businesses were shut down. We did a small business um uh, support program. Uh, when people were shut in their homes, we did an outreach program. Mm-hmm. Um, when when we wanted to, when we don't have the capital to invest in our parks, we better better manage our park assets mm-hmm. so that we can reinvest in our in our community. We bring more people here by having a safe community. Uh, when tourism events were all shut down, we sponsored our own mm-hmm. outdoor festivals and lights and made sure that. People came here, even though it might have been more of a, a regional experience for them. It kept things going, and our Main Street thrived. Our, mm-hmm. our business community has been thriving, and now, you know, we went from a uh, over twenty percent unemployment rate during the height of COVID to under two percent. We're outperforming the state of Indiana on mm-hmm. uh, unemployment-wise, and so anyway, we're just we've just got great partnerships, and, and I think we're doing the right thing. Yeah. So you mentioned. Uh, so just a minute ago about some long lines of hoping that people think you're, you're doing the right thing. So uh, I was going to ask you, how, how do you separate uh, the signal from the noise, the, the, the legit feedback from just the, the complaint? Because I'll be honest, I mean, just what you see on social media and people comment about every little thing, I don't, I don't see why anybody would ever want to run for public office, to be honest. Uh, how, how do you... Uh, well, candidly, that's... that's um yeah, everybody is subjected to criticism. You know that going mm-hmm. in. Um, we we follow our our hearts and and uh, our convictions about doing the right thing. Uh, we seek a lot of input um, across the community to build a consensus and a plan. And you're never going to please 100 percent of the people. No. So what we got to do is what's best for what's best for the community and that community ends up being, you know, a broad spectrum. Um, and you got to zone out the noise of, of, of some, of some of the critics. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, but you also got to listen to the critics right. too, because sometimes they have great ideas. And I, yeah. and I say this a lot of times too, is like the best ideas don't come from city hall. They come from outside city mm-hmm. hall that are brought to us that then we can say, let's try that. Or how does that fit in? Mm-hmm. So we got to, we got to be mindful of the criticism because that also allows us to do the good things. But you have to zone out the um, 
uh, the, the mean-spirited criticism. Yeah. And there's a distinction between <clears throat> criticism because there's a better way of doing it mm-hmm. or another another way of doing it versus criticism that is just, you know, I'm going to disagree with anything that you do because yeah. you, I don't trust you. I don't yeah. trust government. And there's people out there mm-hmm. that just don't – that just candidly don't trust government. But, you know, um, we just got to do the, the best that we can and uh, build consensus. And that's why – you know that's why it's not just the mayor's office; it's, it's city council, and we work with a lot of elected leaders locally, statewide, and at the federal level. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a great network of people out there that have great experience. I call on our, our my predecessors all the time on, "Hey, what'd you do in this situation?" Because rarely something comes up that hasn't been encountered before. Right, yeah. Now they may not have been able to do something about it, but they generally will say, "Well, here's what I would try." And they, I mean, again, Madison is so unique in this way, in my opinion, with the talent that we have here in our community, Mm -hmm. professionally, personally, people who care. Um, And, and, you know, I also need to mention earlier, you said, hey, what's, uh, how how have I surrounded myself with what kind of staff who who are kind of my, you know, my my stars. But I got to mention too, that we have over two dozen volunteer boards and committees. Mm -hmm. We have to recruit 130 volunteers to work on those boards and committees. And they do really, really important work. It's zoning, it's historic board, it's planning, it's our PACE grant, it's our, we have a tree board, it's, it's our, it's our uh, arts, uh, we just formed a public arts commission, for example. Um, it's, it's a whole spectrum, it's a board of aviation, it's a port authority board, we have our own airport, our own railroad, mm-hmm. our own water utility, board of public works. I mean, uh, there's over two dozen of these boards wow. that I rely on 130 volunteers who will work with me and my administration to do the things that are great for the community, but they're also eyes and ears mm-hmm. uh, that's going on around town. And uh, I will tell you, I surround myself with people that aren't afraid to give me their honest opinion, and, and I respect that. That's good. So, uh, I got some more questions. You, you, you're in short on time. You got. Let's go a few more minutes, if you don't mind. Okay. I'm, no, I'm, I know it's going to be longer than hey, we probably talked about, but I've got I'm, all day. I'm uh, I'm passionate about Madison. Everything yeah, Madison. I think it's obvious when you're when you talk about it. Um, so let's look ahead at 2022. So you know we recap 21. What's uh, what's on the slate for 2022? What's on the slate for 22 is bringing some things to fruition. Uh, we're going to be making, as I said, we 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 did the groundbreaking on Crystal Beach. We've got to open that pool up uh, at the start of the summer season. Mm-hmm. So we're closely managing the uh, restoration of Crystal Beach so we can open for Memorial Day weekend. That's just a few months away. Yeah. We're working on some major infrastructure projects. Um, we're going to do a, a major sidewalk project on Clifty Drive. We're doing a widening on Chun Pike to help better accommodate industrial traffic up there. Mm-hmm. We said, too, that um, because of our planning, we did Madison's first ever uh, asset management for our sidewalk uh, inventory and installed a rating system. So our goal is we have nine miles of our sidewalks that are rated fair to poor, and that uh, and we, we believe that we can. So who's responsible for sidewalks? Because I always heard that it's, it's the 
the property that it's in front of? Uh, it's, is that just for, for maintaining, for like clearing snow and yeah, things like that? Yeah, the, ci- the city owns the okay. sidewalks. All right. Um, and I can tell you that uh, people that, that trip and fall on a sidewalk mm-hmm. uh, don't hesitate to, to uh, hold us accountable yeah. for a condition of sidewalk. But we have sidewalks and gutters, and, and we're doing a major water project that's going to be a $13 million project we haven't invested in uh, our, our clean water infrastructure for, for two decades. But we're going to we're going to uh, address all of our bad sidewalks over the mm-hmm. course of the next two years, working with our redevelopment commission, our city council. And again, doing things to make the right investment. Mm-hmm. We are doing a tremendous amount of economic development. The planning that we put in place for uh, in the past year and a half, we believe will generate uh, a quarter billion dollars of economic investment in the city of Madison over the okay. next three years. First year of that this year, we'll probably see about one hundred million dollars of new economic new economic investment in the city of Madison because wow. of that planning. So those are, that's a few of the major things. We applied for a second um, phase of our major Main Street project. Mm-hmm. We're coming out with a, a community outreach series called Madison on the Move that's going to highlight our initiatives. My state of the city address is going to be uh, February the 24th. We'll, we'll, we'll debut uh, that, and our first part of that series is what we did now, from how's that gonna be? How's that going to be communicated? Are you going to – it's going to be streamed online, or uh, – We'll do a – It depends on where it's at. It. Okay. Uh, it will definitely be an in-person event. We're still working out the logistics of the venue. Okay. It, it may not be streamed live, but it will be, uh, be recorded available. and then okay. available the very the, that very evening. Mm-hmm. But um, so economic development, uh, we uh, I'm super excited about public safety investment. We have the largest investment ever going into um, public safety mm-hmm. with regard to expanding our our police department. We started a a part time uh, police resource to traffic management, something we've never done very well. Our fight against uh, human trafficking and and substance uh, abuse in our community starts on the law enforcement side mm-hmm. of things and i'm very very proud of the accomplishments they've made but you know we also are working on um, bringing mental health and substance use disorder resources to the community so we have we have a full plate yeah well that, that's very, a very full plate there because uh, one one thing you know growing up here living most of my life here and you know, as a kid i don't remember ever seeing homeless people mm-hmm. in madison uh it seems to be there now and and i think everybody generally agrees that you know uh mental health and addiction plays into that problem it does uh yeah so can you talk about that well we have a whole social services Mm -hmm. um um strategy and and it and it's about what do we do for our elderly Mm -hmm. what do we do for with our uh at-risk youth population which i'm very passionate about i consider Mm -hmm. myself a uh a product of uh you know, a difficult home environment that if it hadn't been for um, the, the Light White Memorial Boys and Girls Club and Ray Black and and uh, Coach Noble and my teachers, mm-hmm. uh, uh, for, for whatever reason, who always embraced me and helped me along mm-hmm. the way, uh, our kids still deserve that now more than ever, right, uh, candidly. So so we have our veterans. Uh, we have a, a strategy with our, our veterans supporting the Jefferson County uh, Veteran Services uh uh, organization here in the community. Uh, on the homeless front, um, when I came in office, I mentioned there was a few things that kind of tested us right away, but uh, the shelter cl- had closed shortly after I came into office. Mm-hmm. And we know how dangerous um, cold temperatures can be for those who, unfortunate individuals who have to live outdoors. And right. so we started our own warming shelter. That war- that 
warming shelter uh, evolved into doing, uh, now we're in our third year of a MOU with the Salvation Army, the local and the, and the regional uh, Salvation okay. Army to operate the, the warming shelter to help our homeless population. And we have to um, network with our faith-based organizations, our, mm-hmm. our, the shelters that are available to them. And that's the thing, too, that I also want to express, which is more and more is demanded and expected of government. Yeah. But we can't be all things to all people. Right. But what we can do is lead the way with regards to um, programs and services. And the way we do that is through public-private partnerships. And it doesn't matter if it's on the spectrum of social services or economic development. We have to uh, affect these things through these partnerships. We don't open restaurants, we don't open businesses, Mm -hmm. we don't expand manufacturing facilities, we don't build new shopping centers, we don't don't do a lot of the things that government expects us to do, or excuse me, that the community expects government to do, but we can lead the way with strategy and grants and uh, bringing resources and leadership to the table, and that's the approach we've taken, which is partnering with the Salvation Army, uh, partnering with investors and small businesses mm-hmm. across the community for economic development purposes, sponsoring with uh, or co- co-investing with our regional development authorities. So, you know, on the homeless front, uh, it's something we have to manage, and we have to make sure that there's a safe place that they can get out of the inclement weather with. And that, mm-hmm. and again, our best strategy is partner with a social service organization yeah. and help financially uh, support that that effort so they can do the right things. Yeah, that's a tough one. It really is. Um, so is there anything going on at the state level this year that uh, affects Masson either negatively or positively? There's – so I am – sure there's always something. Another, we, we just don't pay much attention to state issues and politics. It seems here's like. the thing. Uh, there's so much that happens at the state and federal level that affects everybody's doorstep in the city of Madison. Mm-hmm. We have to be involved. Uh, I love, I'm a policy geek, so uh, I love the policy making aspect of things because I think that that is, that is, that helps, that helps pave the way to do things that you want to, to accomplish. I was appointed last year to Ames Legislative Committee, which is an important role because it's a statewide organization that advocates for uh, improving communities through public policy and working with our state legislators. But yeah, there's all kinds of things going on. There's, there's, our, our legislators, and remember, we have people that represent us, mm-hmm. and then there are other st- senators and legislators, re- uh, representatives that represent other communities mm-hmm. and other interests. And everybody has their own interests and right. things that are important to them. Sometimes they uh, align really well with most of the communities across the state, including the city of Madison. Other times they're directly in conflict. But we're always having to kind of battle zoning um, uh building laws, for mm-hmm. example, uh, public health measures that would affect our community. And we're closely in contact with, with our state uh, senators, state legislators, mm-hmm. our congressmen, um, elections, for example. It, we just have to be really, really well informed, and we spend a great deal of time. Because I mentioned earlier, Brian, that oftentimes a, a, an ordinance or statute gets put on the books and it never really gets revisited. Mm-hmm. Revisited, and then all of a sudden you find out that it's not modern. It doesn't deal with the times. Uh, one great example of that is uh, here in Madison is our we have a peddler's ordinance. Okay. And that peddler ordinance was created decades ago, and they still refer to the uh, to the to the term in that ordinance as huckster. And the <laughs> definition of a huckster is somebody that basically wants to go door to door and hustle you. Um, mm-hmm. 
Well, you know, we're still trying to use ordinances like that to kind of fit in today's environment with yeah. regards to food trucks, for example. Mm-hmm. So we know that we lack policy to deal with, adequately deal with modernization, how food trucks have uh, become prevalent in communities. We don't have good stormwater management policies. We have to go through a redistricting uh, analysis uh, that's mandated every every decade. You know, they did it at the, they did it at the at the state level. Now we got to mm-hmm. do it at the local level. So so yeah, there's stuff that deals with gun rights and zoning and public health emergencies. Um, all types of things, hundreds of bills that we have to sift through and and uh, stay in contact with to see how it impacts us. And we also have to lend our voice mm-hmm. in support or in opposition of certain things. And I've never been shy, and we have great relationships. I'll call up, I'll call them up, yeah. and uh, and we'll talk about it. And uh, the good thing about being part of an AIM legislative committee is we're advocating because, generally speaking, we're all in this together, particularly on the municipality side. And uh, and we can we can use our shared experiences to try to affect public policy to help uh, the entire state. Yeah. And Governor Holcomb's been great leading the way on that front. And 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 the thing I like about I mentioned Ready earlier and how we mm-hmm. re- our regional development authority received a fifty million dollar award, one of the highest in the state. What I really like about that is that rural communities like Madison play a a an important role in the quality of life. Uh, of the entire state Mm -hmm. and madison is uh, probably the greatest example of a beautiful rural community that has statewide regional and national influence if we do it right yeah Uh, i've said this before on uh, other episodes i know talking to to others and uh and I grew up in Jefferson County. I lived in Madison as an adult for a while, but I grew up in Jefferson County. Spent, I don't know, 10, 12 years away from here, moving around different places. Uh, you don't appreciate how nice Madison is until you move away. And then you realize not every town you go to has a, a riverfront and a downtown and hills and you know, it's uh, it's a unique place. Well, you and I both were talking earlier about where our careers have taken us. Uh, uh, you've worked internationally. Mm-hmm. I've traveled internationally, I've, but I've worked all across the country too, like you have. And it does give you that appreciation. Mm-hmm. I have a question for you. Yeah, I'll put you on the spot for a second. Okay. okay, turn the tables. Have you ever seen Madison from a boat on the river? Not really. I don't think so. It's a different yeah. Madison. Yeah. And you really want to talk about how beautiful our area is. Mm-hmm. Get on a boat and cruise up the river uh, down to Hanover Beach or yeah. up to Vivi and Carrollton and that area and uh, take a peek at – you were talking earlier mm-hmm. about the valleys. And we really do have just this this um, beautiful quintessential village on the river mm-hmm. that's surrounded and nestled in the hills and there's a lot more to see and learn about madison but boy if you can see the beauty of it from the ohio river yeah. and 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 step back in time a little bit about what those early pioneers saw you know when uh, you yeah. know back in the early 19- i love seeing the old pictures in the early 19th century when they were starting to settle this community all the resources and beauty that they saw but you know, we're just ideally located, but I would invite anybody who will ever have a chance to uh, check out Madison and Hanover uh, and Brooksburg and Milton yeah. and Carrollton from the viewpoint of the river 
It is phenomenal. Yeah, it really neat. is. Yeah, and you br- you bring up a good point uh, when you think about mass and Hanover and everywhere. You know, it to me, you know, I don't live in Madison, but Madison is integral to my life. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, I, I see Madison, Hanover. It's all one thing. I know they're separate entities and everything, but. Uh, you know, one does well, they're all going to do well. Uh, well let me Madison's share, a key part to the success of the county, I think. Well, let me share a story with you. And I, I mentioned a little bit about, and I know I'm rambling, but last night was one of the highlights uh, of me being mayor relative city council meeting. And and it was for this reason. <clears throat> last night we, um, we gave a preview of what the results have been of a – of our efforts to curb human trafficking in our community. January is Human Trafficking Awareness Month. And believe it or not, every county in Indiana, all 92 counties, have been impacted by Mm -hmm. human trafficking. And it can take a lot of different forms. Um, A year or so ago, we did uh, did an action. Because we were able to uh, quadruple quadruple Mm -hmm. our investigative resources, with Madison Police Department because of the way we changed some things. We were able to move resources to case management and detectives. Instead of having, when I came into office, we had one detective. Now we have four. And the 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 impact that they've been able to make on curbing um, domestic abuse situations, drug dealing in our community, which is, you know, a, a scourge on all, on all communities. Everywhere. But yeah. human trafficking, too. The impact they've made has just been unbelievable. And so last night uh, at City Council, we recognized those um, law enforcement people who have been involved in uh, dealing with human trafficking. I mean, they deal with the worst of the worst every single day, so so you and I don't have to, right? So we can go on and enjoy our our quality of life, but they're dealing with the worst of the worst Mm -hmm. every single day. And so... We had uh, Hanover Town Marshal uh, Shane Caldwell there, recognizing him uh, from the town of Hanover. Sheriff Dave Thomas, Jefferson County Sheriff. Uh, our prosecutor, County Prosecutor David Sutter. Our Chief of Police John Wallace. Two of two of our two of our detectives, Cal Cutshaw and Ricky Harris. Unfortunately, Sergeant Scott Scudder couldn't be there. Our judges, uh, DJ Moat and um, Judge uh, Blaine Good. You know, we recognized the, all the role that they played. And earlier we were talking about kind of the batons and using that kind of analogy. But we have the enforce, we have the law enforcement side who can make the arrests. We got to prosecute them, and we got to send them to jail. And just a handful of people that we arrested through that predator net um, sting has already produced about a century worth of jail time for um, criminals who otherwise would be out there assaulting uh, our kids and yeah. other members of our community and, and communities where they came from. We had we had one guy drive here from Michigan uh, thinking that he was going to, uh, you know, engage in some really bad behavior. Who, and it's wow. it's, it's sad, yeah, but, it but is. again, it's... we should sleep better at night knowing that they're out there yeah. working. They are out there, that whole group that I just mentioned, are out there working relentlessly to keep our community safe. and. Mm. Uh, I'm really grateful for all of them. Yeah, that's awesome. But it's all about that one community. Mm-hmm. It's not about Madison. Yeah. It, it's about it's Madison, Hanover, Jefferson County, Southern Indiana, State of Indiana. Uh, you know, we're a, we're all part of a of a bigger puzzle, but we've got to do our part. Yeah, that's great. Um, so do you? So moving from you move from your role in the 
private sector into public office. Do you have any advice for anybody who may be thinking about taking a similar leap? I would say uh, don't hesitate. Don't, don't do it. No, I was well, I was going to start with don't, but don't hesitate because but but also go into it with your eyes open what you want to accomplish. Um, do it because you have strong convictions and love for your community and and, su- and support of your family and friends because frankly that's what it takes. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife's an intensive care nurse, and if my wife and family hadn't uh, been on this journey with me, it'd been extremely extremely difficult same thing with with my friends but um, there's also a lot of ways you can serve your community without going through um, an elected office route Mm -hmm. as i mentioned earlier we have over two dozen volunteer boards and committees be involved okay if you hear this before you've heard this before too is like you know be the change that you want yeah uh, that you want others to be in and so what we're trying to do is just uh change the community for the better and for the short period of time that we're here, do the do the right things and um, and and be honest with the community about what we're doing and build that consensus and level of engagement. And your critics can, will always be your critics. Mm-hmm. Listen to your critics. Take some of the best ideas that they have, but also don't let them get you down. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes the weight of criticism, because it comes in. Uh, it, criticism can come in a really, really positive, constructive mm-hmm. voice, but it can also come okay. in a very, in a very, very negative way. And you have to zone out the negativity, listen to the the constructive criticism, because that's what's going to make our community better. And anyway, I'm I'm thrilled and on humbled and honored to be Madison's 36th mayor, yeah. and um, I look forward to serving the community for many, many years to come. I know you're into your uh, first term, pretty early in your first term. Any ambitions beyond being mayor of Madison? I am going to run for re-election, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll make a, although I just said it, but we're going to probably do a formal campaign thing uh, probably in the summer. We're already in another election cycle, so I don't want to interfere with that. But, mm-hmm. you know, 2023 is uh, when I have to run again, and uh, uh, we're going to have a fantastic track record. We believe in producing results, and hopefully the community will see what those results have been. We've de- we're delivering on the promises mm-hmm. that we've made, but I don't, I don't have any other ambitions other than being the best mayor I possibly can be and mm-hmm. and be honored uh, to to serve the community. Like I said, for years to come. Are, are there term limits for this position? Uh, ask my wife. Yes. <laughs> yeah. She there. She may uh, overrule. My, my, wa- my wife has a term limit on me, yeah. but no, there's no uh, statutory term limits for for mayor. Oh, I did, I wasn't aware of that. Okay. All right, uh, all right, we're just getting close to wrapping up here. I wanted to switch gears just a little bit, a little uh, stuff, a little bit lighter okay, maybe than what sure. we've been covering. So, uh, kind of a, kind of a lightning round, if you will. Okay. So, uh, favorite sports team? Favorite sports team? Oh, um, golly, or not a sports fan? You know, I we watch the big games. Mm-hmm. Uh, Big Tom Brady fan. I know that's not going to be popular yeah, with some yeah, people around yeah, here. Yeah, you're um, me with that. I, I liked him when he was with the Pats because, you know, the last firm I worked for, I was in Boston a, okay. a lot, so I love the Patriots. And, I, again, I think that he is a, a very disciplined athlete that is defying uh, a lot of uh, critics relative to his age in the sport. Mm-hmm. But I saw but something I the Bucks. other day that uh, he is older than 13 current head coaches wow. in, in the NFL, which is nuts. But yeah, but but uh, it's exci- he's exciting to watch. Yeah. He's an exciting yeah, he's, uh, player to watch. I think, is he ever going to get old? 
you know. Eventually. <laughs> I don't know. But I, don't, I think they'll probably have to carry him out on a stretcher. I think so. So After uh, he has another Super Bowl. Yeah, well, that might be this year. Yep. Uh, the last book you read? Uh, the last book I read was uh, – um, um, I read it uh, – again, I don't have a whole lot of time mm-hmm. for reading. I, re- I do read a lot, but I read a lot on policy and, and papers. But uh, um, the last book I read was – Or your favorite book, if that's easier. Well, God, I have so many favorites. You know, a few years ago, I went back and started reading all of the uh, all the classics. And mm-hmm. – um, uh, um, you know, Kill a Mockingbird mm. just really right, ranks right up there, and uh, Old Man in the Sea is fantastic, and um, Animal Farm will freak you out yeah. the second time, the second time yeah, you I need read, to read it. that one again. Um, but uh, I like to read biographies, mm-hmm. and um, you know, I'm a music fan, so I loved reading the book about Johnny Cash, and I love reading books about people who overcome. Uh, odds that are that yeah. are against them. Yeah, that's always a good story. Mm-hmm. Uh, favorite vacation spot? The beach. The beach. Any beach? Uh, two pla- the beach and the mountains. So I love uh, going to Smoky Mountains, and uh, uh, I love going to the Gulf Coast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is there a movie that whenever you're channel surfing and you see it, you got to stop and watch? Can't pass it up. Uh, there's several really, really good that's, movies. That's the thing about this. For me, it's Big yeah. Lebowski. Watch Big Lebowski is awesome. Story. True Lies is my favorite Arnold Schwarzenegger movie because oh, it's, yeah. it's, it's got that, about that one. it's got that Mission Impossible feel mm-hmm. to it. Um, uh, Christmas Vacation, anything with Chevy Chase in it, it's yeah. really good. Uh, Tommy Boy is probably one of my all-time yeah. favorite ones. Um, uh, earlier today, we were talking about. Uh, um, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, you yeah. know, if you really want to, if you really want to get immature, yeah. uh, it would probably be Fast Times at Ridgemont High that would take me pa- back to the day. And what about a favorite subject in high school or college? You know, I tell you, one of the uh, classes I really enjoyed the most in in first of all, uh, one of my favorite teachers of all time is Mr. Linquist, um, was my English comp teacher in high school, and. Um, uh, I ran into him when I was campaigning, actually, and I hadn't seen him for quite a long time. But uh, just a, you know, there's there's a handful of teachers that really grasp you along the way, and he was certainly one of them. And I mentioned earlier how my teachers have been fantastic all the way from Eagleston, when I, where I went to elementary school, to to college. But uh, you know, one of my one of my favorite classes was was uh, was speech in, in oh, really? college. I really enjoyed the public speaking class and. I recommend it to a lot of people um, to do what you can to to get comfortable with public yeah. speaking because communication is so critical to accomplishing anything, yeah. and uh, <clears throat> you've got to be able to communicate with people. And yeah. um, you've heard that survey where people uh, well they, they fear public speaking or death. You know, you know so it doesn't bother me. Uh, it's, it, I mean, and, and course, when you get into it, it's not so bad. It's, it's so nerve wracking at first. But uh, it's but public speaking is a really really important one. But I had a lot of fun with it because you had to kind of pick a topic, and mm-hmm. you had to you had to you had you had visual aids, mm-hmm. and you also had to talk about that and convince people. So there was all this uh, uh, there was all this life lesson kind of uh, yeah. injected into uh, public speaking and the the power of being able to communicate and and work with people all right uh 
Two more quick questions, and, and I'll be done taking up your time. Uh, how can people get in touch with you? Um, what's the best way if someone wants to, to bring up an issue or, or just uh, contact you for something? So uh, calling the office is the best way now, okay. although uh, my cell phone number is out there on my Facebook profile, uh, okay. which is uh, 812-801-7057. Uh, people instant message me a lot, and mm-hmm. I, I did check those several times during the week, but if it's something urgent, and, and it's definitely if it's something official you need my help with, mm-hmm. call Tammy at uh, 812-265-8300. Mm-hmm. And, um, but uh, I'm on Facebook. I'm on um, Instagram. Mm-hmm. I'm on Twitter. Uh, you can learn more about me on my webpage, um, you know, CourtneyFromair.com. Okay. Um, I'll link to all those then in the show notes yeah. so people can find And out. I'm easy to find because I'm out and about yeah. all, all the time. Yeah. And um, I love being in our community and, and all the great things that it, that it has to offer. Yeah. So we've, we, covered, I mean, we covered a lot of ground. Um, is there anything that uh, you'd hoped we'd get to that we didn't, or is there anything you'd just like to reiterate? Well, I, I, I probably rambled on too much. I no, want to thank you for the time to do it. And you have to dissect this in five-minute increments, yeah. and then you, you have a whole season of, uh, yeah. of things or just distill down uh, the best things. But... Uh, I love being Madison's mayor. It's a real honor. And we have a fantastic community with a lot of talented people that feel the same way that uh, that I know you and I do, mm-hmm. which is we, we have a love for this community and we care about it. And we're willing to dedicate our, our, our resources to making it better. And it's, like I said earlier, it's not a destination. It's just part of this journey and we're all sharing it. Mm-hmm. So why not? Uh, why, if we're all going to be in this journey together, why not, you know, do things that we love t- and, and enjoy? And yeah. um, candidly, Madison has so much to offer, and it just keeps getting better and better every year. Awesome. Well, hey, you didn't ask me who my favorite musician was. You said you were going to do that. Oh yeah. Well, okay. So who's your favorite? Well, let me always tell the, the listeners. So I walk in, I'm thinking maybe I'll ask about his favorite band or musician. So he's got a a picture here on the wall of the Ramones. He's got uh, Willie Nelson. You go down the hallway, he's got uh, Leonard Skinner, Johnny Cash. I saw Bob Dylan, Jimi Hendrix. Billy Joel. Billy Joel, <clears throat> the Rat Pack. Yeah. So. Uh, I love all. Can, I was going to say, can you can you give a favorite? My favorite's probably Mellencamp. Although I'll tell uh, you, my very first concert was Kiss. Oh, wow. And uh, uh, it was fantastic. My, my friend uh, uh, passed away several years ago, Scott Davis, uh, mm-hmm. his his uh, his dad took us to uh, to a Kiss concert when we were teenagers. Wow. But uh, uh, Mellencamp yeah. means a lot to me because you know the the song the album he came out with when he was John Cougar, mm-hmm. you know, back in the eighties. <coughs> Excuse me, when he came uh, came out with that, um, my wife and I were dating then, and so anyway, Mellencamp's yeah. probably probably so, my all time favorite. But whew, I love I, I love know, rock yeah. and roll, ACDC, Kiss. Um, and uh, Leonard, I love Southern rock. Yeah. Um, uh, Leonard Skinner, Tom Petty. Yeah. Uh, I was I played in the Ramones, uh, Ramones cover band with my friends from high school for a few years. That was mm-hmm. I learned so much from from <coughs> excuse me Scott Scott Kerner, Mark mm-hmm. Bear, Kurt Vandenberg, Davey Harmon. Uh, all those guys taught me so much. And yeah. I'll date myself. Uh, I saw Melon Camp when he was still John Cougar in Freedom Hall, and he opened for Heart. He wasn't mm. even a headliner, so love heart. Was, uh, I love heart, oh, but that'd were, be an awesome. They were awesome too. Yeah, be an awesome uh, concert. But um, 
You know, Madison has this thriving I, I, music movement. Gonna, yeah, we didn't <clears throat> talk about that. Here we're going to go down the <clears throat> rabbit hole, but uh, the the music movement. Um, I've had Rusty bleeding on the show twice, sure. and uh, and we talk about it. But uh, Madison's really really getting to be known for uh, the live music. I mean, there's multiple places every weekend where you can hear live music in this you, town. You know, Charlie Rolfing has the article in the Courier every Thursday about it's Charlie's beat, and he does a really good job about describing where you can listen to live music Mm -hmm. and uh you can pay a cover charge and go listen to somebody and you can walk down the street and walk for a few blocks and hit up three bands um which are fantastic and these are homegrown musicians or people that are coming from nashville to play in little madison indiana and um you know the red bicycle hall really was and uh, joey g's was on the cutting edge of bringing madison uh into the into the music um um environment and the work that the uh, Madison Area Arts Alliance is doing to cultivate uh, arts and entertainment and the Madison music movement. Mm-hmm. And it's just great. It's it's a lot of people rowing in the same direction with a common, uh, with a passion and a common goal. Uh, and that's where you see the difference being made and yeah. it, it, for the benefit of all of us. So we, we all, you know, the restaurants and stuff that are opening up, they're all, it's all great. Yeah. Awesome. I won't take up any more of your time, Mr. Mayor. I appreciate everything, and uh, thanks, and best of luck. Thank you again. This was uh, it's an honor to be able to share with you kind of some things that are going on, and you know maybe we can do an annual thing and kind of do a, a retrospective and what's on the horizon because we're always looking on to, to the horizon. And, and I'll leave you with this a little tidbit, and okay. this, this is kind of where I leave a lot of things, which is um, Madison is a – historic town our small town with historic future Mm -hmm. and what we mean by that is that when we embrace our past and we we build that into our plans for the future man can we thrive and i think madison's thriving and and really hitting on all cylinders right now i think that's an excellent way to close it out thanks a lot take care thank you